Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Porter, and I'm joined this Independence Day by Erin Dean, videographer and author of upcoming book, For the Love of Board Games. How are you doing, Erin? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Thank you for joining us. So we will talk a bit more about the book itself later on in the episode, but first of all, how did you get into tabletop gaming? So like a lot of other people, I played a lot of mass market games growing up, like Monopoly and Sorry and Clue. Um, but it was w- I, when I was in high school, I was gifted Ticket to Ride by a family member of mine, uh, by designed by Alan Moon. And I remember playing the game like, wow, the, this board game is actually fun and no one's flipping over the table. <laughs> Or you know, no yeah. one's getting into arguments. You know, everyone's just having a good time. Um, uh, so I, I was gifted Ticket to Ride, and that's where it really kind of changed for me, my love of board games. And then after that, I discovered uh, Settlers of Catan and uh, Pandemic and all these other board games. And now my collection's up to over 130 board games um, over the past four years. Yeah, that that's actually moderate compared to some of the the crazy people we know. One of our friends, Duncan, oh, yeah. I think, owns over a thousand. So, uh, I I I used to be very impressed by those numbers, but um, to to quote um, Matthew McConaughey and the Wolf of Wall Street, those are rookie numbers apparently compared to some of the people out there. Yeah, <laughs> you probably know a few as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's quite interesting as well. Um, those games that you mentioned, Ticket to Ride and Catan, that um, because Asmodee are planning to publish them in the UK now as uh, modern classics, which is an interesting thing. There's, a, there's quite a few people for whom th- their introduction into modern board gaming uh, it comes in the form of one of those games. Yeah, I think they're. I think I got really started well just with playing a lot of gateway games. Um, mm-hmm. And those gateway games led to other more complex, more strategy games. And um, I just kind of discovered one mechanism after the other and begot, uh, and became more you know, interested in more complex games uh, later on. But I think those games were great to get me started in the hobby. Sure. And, and they are to this day, evidently, because they're now being marketed as gateway games, as you say. So we, we've talked a little bit um, about your your introduction into into tabletop gaming as a hobby as opposed to like like you were saying a, a pastime in the form of the the mass market games um, but it's quite a leap to go from playing these games to deciding to write about them. So how did that come about? So yeah, um, I've always been a creative person um, from a very young age. Um, I actually got started um, doing videos and that's actually what I graduated with um, at my university was a video production degree. So last year I released a documentary called The Board Game Boom, uh, Mm -hmm. which explores why board game sales are rising in a digital culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. And I released that on YouTube last spring, and it's up to 26,000 views now. And um, 
it had been about a year and uh, since I released my documentary and I wanted to, you know, do another passion project relating to board games. And I thought it might be fun to write a book. So I reached out to Reddit and I reached out to Board Game Geek to get the community's ideas. And many wanted to learn about the designers behind their favorite games. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to write a book about that topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you interview a, a multitude of designers from what I've seen. And um, of course, that, that is the focus of the book, as you say, is um, is the, the designers and the games that, that they made rather than, like you were saying, um, your documentary explored the, the board gaming boom. But although, as you say, you decided that you you wanted to explore these designers and the games that they made because that, as you say, it was something that was requested quite often. But what was your starting point for the book? So, you know, I myself was interested in learning more about the designers. And how I started was I, I just looked at my own collection and I picked out, you know, my favorite games. And I'm like, I'm going to contact all the designers on my favorite games. So the main way I got um, connected with them was through Board Game Geek. A lot of designers have profiles on there and um, typically respond to messages to them. So that's how I got connected with a lot of the designers. And then I kind of built upon that and uh, looked at the top 100 games on the Board Game Geek uh, ranking list and um, connected with those designers. And now I'm up to um, over 50 designers will be featured in the book. That's that's quite a lot. Um what, so what, was there a specific designer or board game that, that you knew that you definitely had to include when you when you set out on this project? Well, you know, I think there were a lot of games that I wanted to include the designers of in the book, but one that sticks out would have to be um, probably Jamie Stegmeier. He's very, very up and coming. He runs Stonemeyer Games, and he's actually based here in St. Louis, Missouri, in the United States, where I'm from. Uh, so I wanted mm-hmm. to get in contact with him, and he's the designer behind Scythe, uh, Viticulture, or Viticulture, I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, he's also the designer of Between Two Cities, and uh, or at least Stonemeyer Games published it. I believe he's the designer of that one. Uh, and he also... Uh, design Charterstone, which came out uh, not too long ago. Which is a legacy game, I think, isn't it? I, I haven't played it, but I've, I've heard good things about it. Yeah, it's a legacy game. Yeah, so that's a, another addition to that increasingly popular format. Um, so, so yeah, so you, you wanted to get Jamie, because he's obviously um, ho- homegrown, as it were. Local boy. Local exactly, boy done good. Exactly, yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, so it's a lot of research goes into uh, producing a book like this. And as you say, you, you've interviewed 50 designers, which is very time consuming. Um, but you, you said earlier on that you, you wanted to pursue another project that was a labor of love. But what is it that you've enjoyed most about um, about creating for the love of board games? I think games. my most favorite part about writing this book is not the actual writing itself, but actually s- talking and 
uh, connecting with these designers because they're like celebrities to me. They really are. They're they're responsible for all these awesome games that I know and love and that my friends know and love and that I play all the time. And, you know, what's great about the board game industry is that it's not it, it we're gaining more and more board game lovers every single day, but it's still a approachable industry where you can talk to kind of the people behind the games. It's not super, super huge where it's hard to get a hold of them. So, um, I think my favorite part has just been talking with these designers and really getting to know them and, you know, becoming friends with them and just getting to interview them. I love interviewing people. I, I've interviewed people for videos. You know, I've done a lot of legacy films where I've interviewed people about their lives and, uh, you know, just for fun. And uh, I, I just love getting to know new people and kind of what makes them who they are. Did, did you ever feel a little bit, a little bit starstruck? Um, perhaps more in the initial stages? Oh, yeah, stages? for sure. I, for sure I did. Yeah, I remember talking to... Uh, I believe you pronounce it Reiner Kaninzia, um, or and he yeah. designed Tigris and Euphrates. He's a very he's a full time designer, board game designer, and I remember doing a Skype call with him. Uh, and you know he had his typical board game bow tie on, and um, he was just a blast <laughs> to talk to. And you could really tell he was passionate about the yeah. industry and what he does for a living, and. Um, you know, when I was sitting on the other end of that webcam, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm talking to this awesome designer. And I just had to kind of stay calm and, you know, kind of dive into the interview. But um, in reality, I was kind of freaking out. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I had a little moment like that when I was at Aircon, uh, which is it's a, an up and coming convention in the north of England. Um, and it was actually our first uh, official convention appearance as Unlucky Frog. And uh, R Rodney Smith from Watch It Played uh, was was touted as the big guest for this for this show. Um, and it's quite funny because a lot of people, after we did our coverage of the event, um, were saying that there was no mention of Rodney Smith. And so what happened was that he, obviously he was very busy throughout the day. But... Um, when I was in the bathroom washing my hands, he was standing oh, wow. next to me, and yeah, and I I, I had the 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 sort of the the giddy fan girl <laughs> moment going on, and I was like, you know, what what do I say to him? How do I talk to him? And um, I I I chickened out. I just went. I just said, excuse me, can I get some soap? Because he was standing in the queue for the hand dryer, and he was like, oh yeah, sure, and. That was my conversation with Rodney Smith, an opportunity oh, no. wasted. Yeah, well, I had a similar experience. Actually, <laughs> I went to my first Gen Con, uh, which is a very, very large board game convention here in America. And um, yeah. I went there, and I was only there for one day. Uh, so I tried to get as much done as possible for one day. But um, I was leaving. Me and a buddy of mine went. And I was like, man, I really wanted to talk to Tom Vassell from the Dice Tower. I interviewed him for my documentary, you know, via Skype, and I hadn't met, met him in person. And I watch a ton of his mm -hmm. reviews all the time when I'm considering games to buy. And I was leaving. I'm like, man, I really wish I got to meet Tom Vassell. And here he is. I see his red hat from a mile away. 
walking towards me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's Tom. And I, I, I talked with him and got a picture with him and told him, hey, I'm, I'm the person who created the board game boom. And I interviewed you um, earlier this year. And he was super nice. And, you know, I, I think everyone is super approachable in this industry, which is awesome. Yeah, see, that, that's how you, you deal with meeting people. Uh, my my example was awful, but at the same time, I've consoled myself by by telling myself that it would have been quite weird to strike up a conversation with Rodney Smith. <laughs> yeah, in the bathroom. maybe, maybe just a little bit. Maybe I mean, like certainly that that's that's my attitude. Is that I I don't think that um, bathrooms are suitable places for conversations, but I know some other people don't mind doing that, but not for that's me. That's completely understandable. I don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah, see, you get it. Thank you. So, anyway, back to the the matter at hand. Um, what is the intention or the desired outcome with publishing this book? I think, honestly, it's just going to be a great addition to a lot of people's game rooms and board game shelves. And, you know, it'll be cool for people to be like, okay, I want to play... Castles of the Mad King Ludwig later tonight. You know what? I'm going to flip to page 53, chapter four, and I'm going to read about this game and the designer, and I'm going to have all these fun facts, you know, before I play the game later tonight, and I can share that with my friends and my buddies and just have a little bit of extra knowledge about the game and the designer behind it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really the intention is to to create a, an educational or referential. Yeah. I think a, a lot of designers are the, the majority of their time is spent designing the games and um, they don't usually have like all these videos that they do or reach out to their audience. They're, they're dedicating their time to actually making the games. So I think this will give you kind of a little behind the scenes look into their lives and their inspirations. Mm -hmm. So, what what's been we we talked earlier on about um what you enjoyed most about about writing for the love of board games but you and you used the phrase the labor of love and as much as a labor of love is predominantly enjoyable it is still work at the end of the day and so I say that to say what was it that you found most challenging I think the most challenging aspect of writing the book is actually transcribing the interviews, especially when they're done via Skype or video call. Um, so actually, you know, during the interview, it's great. And then I have to listen to it like 10 times, you know, to get the sentence correctly written. And uh, so that can be a little tedious. Uh, so that's probably been my least favorite part mm -hmm. is the actual transcribing. You didn't have any interviewees that were a bit more of a challenge than others then? Um, some of the designers talk pretty quickly. So, um, I, yeah, so that was <laughs> after the fact. I'm like, man, they talk really quickly. It makes it hard harder to transcribe it. So that's been tedious as well, um, transcribing the designers who like to talk quickly. Yeah, I can imagine the your your pen or your your keyboard racing to keep up with these people. Mm -hmm. Um. So, we've talked a little bit about the content of the book, but specifically, what can readers expect to find within it? 
I think what they can expect is that each chapter is going to feature a different board game designer, not only discussing the inspiration behind the games they designed, but also why they started playing board games, how they got into the industry. They're going to share stories about board games they designed but never published. And, you know, it's just going to be fun interviews with the designers behind the games you love. Mm -hmm. That's quite an interesting one, actually. Um potentially hearing about um, ideas that have been shelved or scrapped. Yeah, yeah. I think that I find it very interesting. So I wanted to share that with my audience, my future audience with the book. Yeah, because it's, it's part part of the creative process, I guess. You know, a lot of stuff, well, you, you'll know being a videographer, ends up on the cutting room floor. And it's not always necessarily because it's bad. And it, it, I'm, I'm quite, I would be quite interested to read why those sorts of decisions get made in relation to uh, the de the design process for a game. Right, right. I I totally agree. Yeah. So, um, how far along is the book? So I've I've interviewed around fifty five designers exactly, and I've I've kind of completely written the chapter for about half those. So uh, I'm I'm trucking away at it though, and you know trying to tackle a chapter a day. And uh, yeah, it's been going great. And I, every time I listen back to the interviews and listen to their responses or read them, uh, I always find another piece that's, wow, that's interesting. And, you know, sometimes yeah. when you're in the moment, you don't get to really reflect on it. And um, this has given me the opportunity to do that when I'm writing it. That's great. Um, it's, I, I quite like that. Um, with with books and films and things where you 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 listen to or read or watch something again and you you find a little nugget that you completely overlooked right right and it's yeah, yeah it's it's great to hear that um that that's something we can potentially look forward to in in the book absolutely so we've we've mentioned a couple of names but do you want to give us a quick rundown of some of the the people that are, are featured in the book and the games that they discuss? Absolutely, yeah. So we have a big list of designers. Um, and like I said before, um, really how I decided who was going to go in the book is I started with my own collection, and then I branched out and went to the top rankings on Board Game Geek and reached out to sure. those designers. Um, so we have a lot of interesting names and a lot of well-known names. We have Matt Leacock, who I mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. We have um, uh, Jonathan Gilmore, who's responsible for Dead of Winter, Dinosaur Island, Wasteland Express Delivery Service. We have Wolfgang Kramer, who's very um, has been in the industry for a long, long time, who designed El Grande. Um, we have Richard Garfield, who has designed Magic the Gathering, uh, Bunny Kingdom is his most recent game. He designed King of Tokyo. We have Phil Walker Harding, who designed Sushi Go and Baron Park. Um, I can keep going, but uh, we have a lot of interesting names. And the full yeah. list uh, of designers is actually on our Facebook page, which you can find by um, searching for the Love of Board Games dash book. And you can join the Facebook group, and um, towards the top of the page will be the full list of designers. 
Yeah, I think even there though, that's um, that's quite a list, and it's quite interesting actually because uh, although although you mentioned that these these people are celebrities within the world of of board game and tabletop games, at, at the same time, not everyone is immediately aware of everything that that these people have worked on, and like like for instance, I never realised that the the designer who created sushi go also made baron park yeah yeah you'd be surprised how many designers have multiple popular games that they've designed and i too have learned you know looking at my own collection and i wonder who the designer of this is and then i go see their full list of games they designed i'm like wow they also designed that game that's crazy because they're completely different games um so you can really tell how some designers have a vast you know, array of games in their um, portfolio. Absolutely. Um, the the more that you talk about the book, the the more keen I am to to read it. So that that is surely a good sign. Um, so we've we've talked quite a bit about the the book, and you're still in the process of of writing it. So we're maybe getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here, but. What what are your plans for the future? Um, say after the the book releases. You know, if I think I, I think if the book does well, I'm interested in exploring other book options, like almost like a series. So maybe my next book, I would interview the artists behind some of the most popular board games, or maybe I focus on a book uh, where it's strictly female designers. Um, and I think there's so many different possibilities that I could do down the line, and um, I'm excited to explore them. Fantastic. So that's about that about covers um, all that we've got time for um, for today. But if you wouldn't mind telling us if people want a copy of For the Love of Board Games, where do they need to go for that? So the best way to get all the latest up-to-date um, information is to join our Facebook group, like I mentioned before, by searching for the love of board games dash book on Facebook. Um, and we'll get you joined right away. You just request the group membership and we'll get you joined uh, very quickly. And um, the Kickstarter for the book will be launching later this summer. Um, we're shooting for July now. So um, the book will be live soon and you can um, obviously join the Facebook group. And when it's live, we'll absolutely share the Kickstarter page to that group. And yeah, that's the best way to get a copy of it um, right away. There you go. All right, Erin, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Um, great having you. And we look forward to hearing more about For the Love of Board Games very soon. Yep. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. This was awesome. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And for all of our listeners, wherever you are, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. We are Unlucky Frog Gaming, and I am Ben. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also show your support by giving us money through the Unlucky Frog Patreon. And be sure to check out our website, unluckyfrog.com, to find out more. Mm -hmm.